Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good evening. Good evening. This is um, our last time to be together and jump into the Word. I want to first say this. It has been such an honor to be able to be with you, to share with you about Jesus, to share with you from Scripture. Um, I find it as one of the greatest gifts I have is that the Lord has given me the responsibility to tell you about who Jesus is. And I love just looking and saying, I have no idea who you will all become, but knowing that the Lord has purpose and a plan for every single one of you in here. I want all of you to know this, that you are born with what I call divine dignity. Divine means godly. Dignity means this, that you are worthy of honor. And remember I talked about beauty for ashes, that Jesus has come to give us a crown of beauty, an oil of joy, and a garment of praise, which are all places of honor. I want you to understand this first of all, that because you were created in the image of God, you were born with a divine dignity. I hope you know that you are worthy of the honor that God wants to bestow, to give to you. Sometimes we feel like we're so unworthy, but I want you to hear this. The Lord has prepared you and created you to be people who receive the beauty of his glory. I want you to know that. The other thing I want you to know is as much as I've enjoyed being in your presence and being able to tell you about Jesus, I know that there's been some other people in this room who have worked very, very, very tirelessly, much more harder than I have to love, to make sure you have fun, to make sure they can answer all of the questions that you have. They've smelled your body odor. They've heard your burps. They've heard you make bad decisions and make good ones. And I just want to take a moment, if you can shout as loud as you can when I count to three, to thank your counselor for all that they've done for you this week. One, two, three. Go. Good stuff. Show them some love. That's right. I am uh, going to need a stand. If someone can get me a stand, that would be great. I will need it in a few minutes. Um, but, man, when you ask for something, things happen. Y'all know that? Just ask. The Bible says that too. Just ask and you shall receive. Um, so when we've been in the scriptures, Isaiah chapter 61. In the first few verses, we discussed how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was sent to bring freedom to the captive. He was sent to bring comfort to those who mourn. And we want to end with the last few, the last verse this, this evening. I was going to say morning. Is it, what time is it? You don't know? Is it, it's nighttime, right? How do you know? I know, I'm teasing. Uh, we're going to end with the last verse this night um, about Jesus saying he has, he will then send us out and we're going to give you an encouragement. Thank you so much of what we're going to be sent out to do. I'm going to need this in a second. That's perfect right there, right there. Is that good? Can y'all all see this? Y'all can see this? All right. I want to read these, these last few verses for you um, tonight. It says this, they will be called, once he does this work, once he comforts us, and once he frees us, it says this, they will be called oaks of righteousness, they will be planted, and they will display the splendor of his glory. They will be called oaks of righteousness. They will be a planting of the Lord for the display of the Lord's splendor. Do you know that that's what God's going to do and has already been doing in your life? You're an oak, a tree of righteousness, and you are there to display the splendor of God. I want you to know this. Wherever you go and whatever you do, wherever you go and whatever you do, 
Wherever you go and whatever you, you display the splendor of God. That's kind of a big responsibility. But that's why I wanted to first encourage you that you have divine dignity and you are worthy to receive that responsibility. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you are on display for God's splendor. Maybe you've heard about this story before, but I'm going to show it to you tonight. And maybe you've heard of it, but hopefully um, this will make sense to you tonight. There's a teaching that says um, we have different circumstances in life, and we go through those circumstances. Those circumstances um, can do a few things in our lives. And it basically says this, when you get into a hot situation, a challenging circumstance, it says that if you can respond in three ways. So wherever you go, whatever you do, you are on display for God's glory. Now, here's the three ways we can respond to a challenging situation. A challenging situation, we can respond this way. They give the example of a carrot. If you have a carrot and you have a baby carrot, what's, what's, this, what's this? Is it firm or soft when you have a baby carrot? It's firm. You can snap it. It goes crunch, right? If you put a baby carrot in some boiling water, after you take it out of the water, what happens to it? It becomes soft. So the moment and the lesson is this. That if we are people, we can either go through hard moments and difficult moments, and we can go in with a hardened heart. We can go through something very challenging and very difficult. That's the hot water, and it can make us soft. The other example is it gives us, is it gives the example of you can either be a carrot or you can be like an egg. Whoa. Don't worry. This is, y'all in the your seats yet? See how that goes right there. And it says you can be either a carrot or an egg. An egg is hard on the outside, but it is soft on the inside. When you put it into hot water, what happens to the egg? Y'all, have, y'all be- have y'all boiled an egg? I know y'all haven't made, I know y'all haven't made, I know you haven't made guacamole before, but have you boiled an egg? When you boil an egg, it goes from being soft on the inside to what? Hard. And then you can peel off the shell. That, that works better. Thank you. You can peel off the shell. I always have y'all cleaning up food after every service. I'm so sorry, RVR. Skittles one night. What was the other night? Avocado. Now eggshells every night. But when the egg goes through hot moments, it gets hardened. And what the, the story says is this. It says either you'll be like a carrot who goes in with a hard heart and you'll come out of hot situations softened. Or you're going with a hard outer shell, soft in the inside, but when you go through something challenging, you'll come out hardened on the outside and on the inside. And it says this, that the better way to do is not to allow the hot water to change you, but to be like tea. What happens when you put a tea bag in hot water? Are you sure? Are you positive? It does. It does make tea. It does make tea. And here's the point, is when you get into hard circumstances when you leave here, don't allow the circumstances to determine who you are. Instead, allow those circumstances to be changed by Christ who is inside of you. What I love about tea, when tea gets into hot water, is that the hot water actually brings from the inside out of the tea what it was, and the tea ends up changing its environment. I want to encourage you, Wherever you go and whatever you do, you display the splendor of God. And every challenge and every victory, you have the opportunity to change the situation rather than having the situation 
change you. I'm going to be brief tonight. I want to just share with you one story. I'm going to leave this tea here so you can be reminded of this image of changing the environment rather than letting the environment change you. Tell you a story of a guy that Jesus met one time, and he met him and says, Jesus, what do I need to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds to him. He says, well, I've done all those things. And then Jesus basically says, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he asks this question, well, who is my neighbor? And maybe you've heard this story before. He tells a story that we call the Good Samaritan. And so what happens is Jesus has three characters, four characters really, but three main focal characters in this story. And the first one is that someone comes along a road and they get beat up and they get left along the side of the road. And three people pass this person beat up along the side of the road. The first person that comes along, Jesus gives in the story, is a priest. The priest sees a person beat up along the side of the road and just keeps on going. The second person who comes along is a Levite, which is a very religious person. And they, again, see somebody beat up, sit, laying on the side of the road, hurt and wounded, and they continue to walk and they do nothing. And a third person that comes along is a Samaritan. If you remember the story I shared with you earlier, Jews and Samaritans were not people that would often do things together. A parable is a story that has a lesson. So Jesus told this story to teach a lesson. So he's telling this man, here goes a priest, he just walks by. Here goes a Levite, he just walks by. But here comes a Samaritan who should look at a Jewish person and should do absolutely nothing. But instead, the one who would be expected to do nothing actually does something. He goes to this person who's in need, this person who's wounded, this person who's hurt. He picks up the person who's hurt. He puts them on his own horse. He takes them to a certain place, and he spends his own money to make sure this person recovers and is healthy and is, is whole again. And Jesus is sharing this moment in the story by saying a couple of things here. He's saying, no matter what your circumstances may be, you can choose who your neighbor is. And not only that, Jesus is saying this, you should choose your neighbor not according to what you have in common, because back then, Jews and Samaritans had not much in common. You should choose your neighbor not according to how close you live to someone. You can choose who your neighbor is by deciding who you're going to show mercy to. I want to ask you a question. It's a very simple question. It has a simple answer. If I, if I gave you a story, a parable that has a lesson, if I gave you a story, which is a, a parable that has a lesson, if I gave you that to you and I said to you there was a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan, and I told you this story, and I asked you this question at the end of the story, which one was a good neighbor? What would your response be? You would probably say the priest. But if you heard the story, what would you say? The Samaritan, right? Say, you would say what? The Samaritan, if you read the story in the scriptures, the amazing thing is after telling this parable, Jesus looks to the man who he told the story to and he says, which one was a good neighbor? And he says this, the one who showed mercy. Now, why do I say that? I want you to hear the divide that was between Jews and Samaritans. The divide was so strong that the man couldn't even spew the word Samaritan out of his mouth. All he could say is, ah, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus' point and lesson in this moment is that I've come to break all the divides and all the mess in this world. And the people who know me will go and display my splendor in all the places I call them to. Because why? Because of this. At some point in our lives, in our mess, in our sin, Christ came. When we were wounded, he took our burdens, he put on the cross, he paid for it so that we could be made whole. He shares this story because he only calls us to do what he's already done first for us. 
I want you to hear this. He only calls us to do what he has already first done for us. We were the ones wounded on the side of the road. We were the ones in need of someone to see our mess. And Jesus, in all of his glory and holiness and perfection and goodness, had every right not to draw near, but he saw our brokenness and he came near and he came near to us. He picked us up. He paid the cross, price for us on the cross so that we could be made whole. And then he says to us, now go and do the same. What I've learned is that when I go into environments that might be hard for me, and if I can change that environment and allow people to see the splendor of God, it's in those moments, too, that I get closer to knowing more about who Jesus is. I begin to realize what it means to love someone who's different than me and knowing how much Jesus died and lived for me. Wherever you go, whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever you do, Wherever you go and whatever you do, you display the splendor of the Lord. I'm sharing this with you tonight because you will leave this place. You're going to go home and you're going to get some crazy text message from somebody. You're going to some crazy social media drama, right? You have all this craziness going on. You're like, I had an amazing week at camp. Jesus is good. My life is going to be perfect. You're going to go home. You're going to hit a wall. You're going to find some. Hot water. You will be able to choose how you respond. You can respond like a carrot. You can respond like an egg. You can respond like tea. Make life a little bit sweeter by displaying the splendor of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. I am going to close. I'm going to wrap up soon. I love to tell this story, and, and maybe you've heard it before, but if you've been around me or not, but I love to tell it because I like to tell the truths of Jesus and also give a very practical way. Um, when I was in college, I played football at Morgan State, which is a school nearby, and I love to tell this story. My last football game was in Texas, and we played a school called Texas Southern, and they weren't really that good. We were beating them pretty bad, and it was our last game. Like, yeah! And there's one guy, there's one moment, moment uh, he fell, and I was supposed to be blocking him, so I blocked him, and I hit him, but he didn't like that. So in the middle of the game, in the middle of the field, this guy puts me in a headlock. Mind you, this is not WWE. This is football. He puts me in a headlock. He slams me on the ground. True story. He then gets up. He snatches off my helmet and throws it down the field, 20 yards. Now, I got to tell y'all, before Jesus changed my life, I grew up in the inner city of Baltimore. So my natural response was, oh, you're going to learn a day, right? <laughs> but I got up and I was angry. Now, here's what hit me. My last football game ever in college for three years, I led Bible study. I had shown the, the light of who Jesus is to all my peers by just being on display for them. And then I got up and I'm like, oh, this is going to go down. And the first thought that came to my mind that God brought to my mind was, George, you're going to forfeit everything that you've ever shown or shared about who I am. And this is your last game. You have no other game to redeem yourself. You have no other Bible study to redeem yourself. You're about to lose in three, in, for three years and 30 seconds what you've done. And so instead of fighting or responding, I went and I picked up my helmet and I yelled, just let my anger out, and I went off the field. I let it go. I didn't think much of it. A few years later, a good teammate of mine, he, he played football at a big school, Virginia Tech, and 
had a major injury, so he had to come to Morgan State, and he played with me. He grew up in a Muslim family. He had been a part of our Bible studies for a few years, and he played offensive line. So he was about 6'3", 320 pounds of just, like, muscle. He was huge. He called me three years later after that game. He said, Hop. That's what they used to call me. Hop. He says, hey, man, will you be the best man at my wedding? I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then he tells me this. He says, you know the reason I know and believe in Jesus? He says, that day, remember that game when that guy snatched your helmet and threw it down the field? I say, yeah, I remember that game. He says, the whole sideline, because of our respect for you, we were ready. All you had to do was swing one time, and we were all ready. And you got up, and you walked away, and you picked up your helmet. He says, and it was in that moment that I realized that the Jesus you talked about was real. This man is now married with three kids, and he's in ministry. But there's a moment in life where you will be tested And in those moments when you're tested, may the character of Christ come out so that you can put his glory on display. Amen. Let me pray for you. That's my son's backpack. I I need to borrow it for all my hot water. All right, let me pray for you before we leave. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for the work you're doing in our hearts and minds. I know that you're working beyond what we can even fully comprehend. Lord, I pray that you would build them up and prepare them, that they would be oaks of righteousness wherever they go, that wherever they are and whatever they do, that they would be the, reflect the splendor of your glory and of your name. I pray, Lord, that they would change their environment of their schools, of their community, of their neighborhoods, of their family and their friends. Lord, rather than being changed by those moments of difficulty, may they bring your love, and your glory. Father, bestow upon them your honor, your crown of of beauty, your oil of joy, and a garment of praise. As they have given you their ashes, Lord, may they leave here renewed with new life. As you have promised, Lord, let it be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.